Welcome to Seeking Scripture Deep Diving Bible Study. I'm Christy Jordan, and I want to help you develop a firsthand relationship with the whole Word of God. For links and graphics mentioned in my podcast, please visit the corresponding post on SeekingScripture.com. May Yahweh bless the reading of His Word. Good morning, siblings. Today's readings are Jeremiah chapters 14 through 17. Special thanks to my pinch hitter Debbie Ingle for filling in for me today. Debbie's Rabbit Trails Hello, Front Porch family! What a privilege it is to be sharing a few notes with you about Jeremiah. If you're feeling a little anxious about the prophetic books, I understand. I remember the first time I read the Bible. They scared me to death. They were always the place I stopped on every earlier attempt. The time I finally made it through, I made a commitment to the Father. I told Him that I was going to read and that I would leave the understanding part to Him. He honored that prayer, and I read the Bible cover to cover that year. Did I understand everything? Absolutely not. But I understood more than I thought I would. And that is still my prayer. Every year when I reread, He shows me a little more. There is still so much to learn. So don't be afraid. Just read and pray for His guidance to help you understand what He has for you this time through. I promise there will still be something left to learn next time. Jeremiah 14 Right out of the gate, we see Yahweh repeating a message. Do a quick comparison between Jeremiah 14.3 and Isaiah 3.1. War wasn't going to be Judah's only problem. There was also the drought, both physical and spiritual. Notice that Jeremiah is really struggling because he knows the truth, but there are false prophets telling lies. Jeremiah 14.13-15 Intercessory Prayer Even though Yahweh told Jeremiah not to pray for the people, he prays anyway. Notice that he acknowledges Judah's sin, Jeremiah 14.20, and reminds Yahweh of the covenant, Jeremiah 14.21. Jeremiah 15. Those for death to death. Does this sound familiar? Check out Revelation 13.10 and Jeremiah 43.11. So why is this happening? I'm so glad you're a Bible reader because you will likely remember King Manasseh. Go back and do a quick review of 2 Chronicles 33 and 2 Kings 21. Do you recall all the terrible things Manasseh did? He offered multiple sons as sacrifices, built altars for the host of heaven in the courtyards of the temple, practiced witchcraft, consulted ghosts, and the biggie, He set up a carved image of Asherah inside the temple. Interesting note, as I did some research about Asherah in preparation for writing these notes, there are some scholars who believe that there was some confusion in Judah about using Asherah symbols in worship. I found that some scholars think that Judah actually thought it was okay to incorporate such symbols into their worship to Yahweh. As strange as this sounds, it reminded me of Aaron and the golden calf. Do you recall that Aaron thought he was feasting to Yahweh with the calf image? See Exodus 32.5 for that refresher. That gives me pause today, family. May we all reflect on our own worship 
to make sure that we have added nothing that is an abomination to the Father, even out of ignorance. Such things cost Judah greatly, as we see throughout the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah 16 Notice that Yahweh tells Judah exactly why they are being punished. Jeremiah 16 verses 10 through 13 Do you see how the punishment fits the crime? Judah was worshipping other gods. Now, they will be forced to worship other gods in the land of their captivity. Right on the heels of that, however, Jeremiah is given some good news. There will come a time when a second exodus will take place. See Isaiah 11, 10 through 16. That will be such a big deal that the first exodus will no longer be the one that people talk about. Jeremiah 16, 14 through 15. There will even be many fishers, see Jeremiah 16, 16. Anyone thinking about Messiah making Simon Peter and Andrew fishers of men in Matthew 4, 18 through 19 right now? Yeah, me too. Jeremiah 17. In Jeremiah 17, verses 7 through 8, may we strive to trust in Yahweh and be like the tree planted by the waters. I have a theory. And it's just a theory, but I'm going to share it with you for you to do your own rabbit trailing. Here goes. Read Jeremiah 17, 13 and compare it to John 8, 6. Could Messiah have been writing their names in the sand? Could they, being familiar with the scripture, have understood the fulfilled prophecy? And while you're in Jeremiah 17, 13, let's look at that fountain of living waters for a moment. Who does it say the living waters are here? What about John 4.10? Could this be more evidence for Yahweh and Messiah being one? I've already gotten lengthy, but we have just scratched the surface. May the Father direct you to what He has for you to learn from His Word today. Have a great day, Front Porch family. Test everything. Hold tight to what is good, 1 Thessalonians 5.21. We are saved by grace alone. Obedience is not the root of our salvation, but it is the fruit. May Yahweh bless the reading of His Word. I love y'all. Bye-bye.